Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes today to tune in. We pray that no matter where you're listening from, these messages are engaging, encouraging, and relevant to where you are on your life's journey. Well, good morning. I can almost see you. Uh, <laughs> okay, awesome. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. Can you can you imagine that the summer is almost over? Uh, I, uh, people put their put their hopes in in interesting things. Um, I've been hoping all summer for three days without rain. I don't know why I've been hoping that I can do that. It's so that I can, uh, my deck will dry out so I can patch up uh, the places where the stain is peeling. And every time I rip some more off, more peels off because the water's getting underneath it. And so, but you know, um, it is funny how people put their, their hopes in funny things. Um, they place their hopes uh, maybe in a lottery ticket. Uh, this week, someone won uh, one of the biggest uh, lottery uh, winnings ever, $60 million. Uh, he's been retired for 20 years. He was playing the same numbers for 20 years, never won. And he did a quick pick and uh, won $20, $20 million in the, in the lottery. Um, and so uh, once... I've never bought a lottery ticket myself, but once I won uh, a lottery ticket in a gift exchange, it would be funny, I won once, could I win again? Uh, as, as the time came, it was like a big draw, it was like 25 million. Have you ever noticed like, that the lines get longer and longer the bigger the pot is? It's really, really long, and I'm thinking to myself, 5 million wouldn't been enough? It's kind of like, what are they, you know, no, I need to have 50 million. Now I'm really going to line up. But did you know, uh, you know, putting your hopes in a lottery ticket, uh, you'd, be, you'd be a lot better off putting your hopes in getting struck by lightning. You have a 1 in 3,000 chance of being struck by lightning sometime in your lifetime if you live in North America. Even better, I would say invest in insurance for your spouse. Because... <laughs> There's a one in 77 chance that uh, you will die in a car accident in North America. Uh, it's way higher in Nairobi. Uh, just way, way higher. Um, and, and, you know, other people have maybe put their hopes in uh, a sports team. Maybe uh, they put their hopes in the Oilers. Uh, they, they've, uh, that they'll make the playoffs. You know, one of the indications why I come to this church is because our pastor is a man of faith. His whole adult life, he uh, hoped that the Raptors would, would, would win. And he saw it in his lifetime. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, maybe they put their hopes in that. And, you know, you'll, maybe you're buying season tickets and it's like, Oh, maybe this year. Well, please, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll we'll make the the playoffs. And then there's people who put their hopes in much more obscure things, obscure things like maybe they're just waiting. Uh, and this might actually come sooner. I think uh, the leaves are already turning yellow on my trees. Um, but <laughs> they put their hope, you know, that the great pumpkin will arise and will give 
gifts to all the good girls and boys. In fact, you'd probably be better off to go door to door, knock on people's doors, they trick or treat, you know, even in August. <laughs> you might do better than that. Um, people have these false hopes, and they get let down. We often get let down. Uh, we believe in maybe certain people, uh, maybe uh, certain leaders. Uh, we put our hope in them, and we get disappointed. One of the great things uh, about this book that we've been studying, uh, the book of Romans, is, is that it gives us a sense of real hope, like something, something you can count on. And if you think of the writing of this letter, it's written somewhere around um, 55, 57 AD, an interesting time in history because it's just after Nero comes to power. And if you know anything about history, Nero was a madman. Uh, he really believed himself to be God. Uh, he was an emperor, and, and he was, like, merciless on Christian people. Uh, we've been doing this series, When in Rome. Do you know the rest of that phrase? When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Uh, you don't want to do as the Romans did. And what got Christians in trouble was they wouldn't offer incense to Caesar. Uh, they, they wouldn't go to the Colosseum uh, because, well, that was where they were butchering other Christians. And they, they didn't go along with a lot of things in their society. They were seen as troublemakers. And the emperors and other peoples looked at them. Uh, mostly they were lower class, a lot of them slaves, uh, Jewish refugees who had run from other parts of the empire looking for some kind of work in Rome. And so God works through this person named Paul uh, to write this letter uh, to the people there. Um, in the letter, uh, it, from, I look at Romans chapter 15. It says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope. Put your hope in this. I, I find uh, even amongst Christian friends of mine, they're, they're losing that sense of hope. There's, there's a sense that I know I'm doing the right things and all this stuff, but I, it just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling what I, I feel that I, I should be feeling. And especially the people at this time would really need a sense of hope. Things wouldn't have been working out well for them in Rome. Paul's writing this letter. He's planning on visiting them to encourage them and help them in their faith. Uh, because they were kind of scattered. They weren't really a collected group. There were believers in different places. But, but they probably were starting to wonder, what can we do against this machine, the Roman Empire? We're small. We're, we're outmanned. The, the legionnaires are everywhere. Soldiers everywhere. And they're right at, in the hub of it all, right there in Rome. How can they have hope? How could they think? How could they see that eventually Christianity would overcome the Roman Empire? How could they see in that moment that everything that they believed in would become true? Really hard to believe. 
really hard to believe. You, you notice uh, on our slide there, but when in Rome, in the background, is the Colosseum. Even as Paul's writing this, they're planning out building, it was originally called the Flavian Amphitheater. And the Flavian Amphitheater was a place where they would sometimes, just for sport, Titus, one of the emperors, another one called Domitian, he would actually uh, dress them up in, in animal skins, put them into the arena, and then release starving lions who would come out and actually attack the Christians. And, and the historians say that they were filled with so much hope that they would go singing to their death, singing praises to God. So much so that people in the stands began to become Christians as they saw the faith of these believers. In fact, one Christian historian wrote this, that the blood of the martyrs is seed. Every time their blood drops to the ground, 10 more Christians spring up. And that is the, the context of, of where this is written. This is where he, he, uh, he writes this letter to those people in the very, I don't know, heart of darkness at the center of the empire. And I really want to encourage you today from Paul's words that, that we would have hope and that hope would spill over into joy. And, and that confidence would pre create a peace in us. I, I feel like there's a kind of a fear in amongst Christians. Oh, the world is becoming so much more secular. You know, there's, there's all, you know, the, there, you know, our government wants all these evil laws passed, you know, and we don't know, you know, uh, anything about gender and identity. And, and it's just, oh, it's really scary. But think of those first believers. Um, they had a hope that couldn't be shaken. And we're here today because of them. We're here today because of them. Now, how could, how could they actually believe this? Well, the Apostle Paul saw that God's promises come true. Look what it says in um, the verse before 1513. It says, the heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. Folks, that sounded like a long shot. Think about this. There was this small group of people in Israel, in, in uh, a small nation, tiny nation called Israel. And they were hoping because everyone else would be begin to believe in their God. Isaiah, writing way back in around 740 years before Christ comes to earth, he writes that an heir of King David will come and sit on the throne. That is the hope of Christianity. Paul actually met this answer to the prophecy. He met him on a road uh, up towards Syria, Damascus, and he's there, and he met the living Jesus Christ. And he's still alive today, and we can still meet him. I think it would be so cool. Wouldn't it be amazing? You know, you just get up one morning, you know, you're brushing your teeth, you walk around the corner, and whoa, Jesus is standing right there. That would be pretty amazing. Some people's faith is that strong that they can, they can actually hear him speak. The Holy Spirit is in their life, and they, they have a word. It, it just seems to drop into them. You've probably experienced that. It's like, where did I get that idea? 
Well, God, and he spoke to you, and he has given you some word that, that you can trust. So the prophecy came true, and uh, we can see that God delivers on his promises. He delivers on his promises. But what is this scripture saying here? He's saying that this hope, this hope would bring about joy. Now, I was, I was uh, you know, studying this word hope and realizing that there's a difference between hope and faith. Now, think about that. Faith, well, it means believing in God, that he's there. But hope is a future thing. As I looked at the way this word was used in Greek in the ancient world, it was, it was having a faith in someone, which is trust, but then you start to get hopeful about the future. There's some people aren't hopeful about the future. And it's kind of like, I don't know, uh, well, yeah, I've, I've uh, passed 50. It's downhill all the way from here, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, can, it can be bad. You're not 50 yet. I'm past that. And it's like, yeah, I'm just rolling down that hill, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but hope... <laughs> Hope can bring joy. Hope can bring joy. I, I see evidences of this in my own house. When certain people in my house make a purchase from Amazon, and they get that confirmation number. Now, they have faith to believe that Amazon, yes, the great Amazon, will deliver on its promise. They read the reviews. They know. That when they get that confirmation number, it's just going to be a number of days. And then I will receive that package of joy. <laughs> pure, unadulterated joy. It's a Christmas morning. And like vibrating. It's like, I'm going to get that package. Whatever it might be, I'm, I'm waiting for it. And, and, and it starts to build a certain amount of hope in them. Why? Because of their faith in Amazon. Now, God is greater than Amazon. <laughs> and we have a confirmation inside of us when we believe. The Bible says that he deposits his spirit as our confirmation that in the future, we will be with him forever. Folks, that can start to build hope inside of us. When your car won't start, when your bills aren't paid, when your debt is higher than your income, you're thinking about, how do I tithe on this? I actually have negative money. So <laughs> how do I tithe? Uh, you know, it's like, uh, how do I do the math? When the plate comes around, oh, we don't do that. But when the plate comes around, I'm taking something out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you owe me. Uh, but, but you can start to ha have joy. You can start to have joy. Knowing. How could those Christians go to their death singing and praising? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to feel kind of weird rubbing shoulders with them in heaven. Yeah, I remember I had a real bad day too. I had a flat. I was on the end day. It was like, yeah, I, I, I uh, faced a few things myself. Uh, uh, there was the Coliseum. There was Nero. Uh, they, they actually put my family up on uh, uh, poles and then lit them up as torches. Um, but you know, I understand about your flat tire, you know. Uh, 
How could they have hope? Because they knew that God delivers on his promises. They had the confirmation in their spirit because God had deposited the Holy Spirit into their life. Folks, we can bank on that too. I had a prof, he said to me, I'd rather be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, than to be able to say, I have $25,000 in my bank account. Which is more real? Money comes and goes. But the Lord, as we were singing, he said that he would come. And, and, and you know what? Not just sometime in the future. Like he, he visits me in my moment of desperation. He's visited you when you were down on your luck, when you were in a bad spot. Maybe he came to you through a Christian who, who laid hands on you and prayed for you or just gave you a word of encouragement. He comes to us and he will come to you. And so if you're starting to lose hope, I pray that the same prayer as Paul, that he'd start to get joyful. You start to like let your mind dwell there. It's so easy to dwell here, somewhere down here. But if you can dwell there in the hope of Christ, look, he will return. And he will visit you. And he will be with you if you turn to him. You put your trust in him. Not in a lottery ticket. Not in your bank account. Not even a good report from the doctor. But you put your hope in him. Ultimately, ultimately, you will be in the best place ever. With complete joy. Perfect health. And absolute confidence. That every day is going to be a good day. Every day is going to be a good day. And you know what? Not only, not only does hope bring joy, but I believe, and I, Paul is telling us, that it can bring peace. It could bring peace. I looked at psychology today, and I just typed into psychology today, what does everybody want out of life? Two things are really high up there, right after freedom, was peace and joy. Peace. I think having that hope can give you a sense of peace. It, can, it, it just says, peace be still. And, and you can <laughs> breathe, uh, breathe better knowing you have that sense of peace. Uh, you know, there's some people that are prayer warriors. I'm a prayer warrior. Uh, as I pray, I start thinking about all people's troubles, uh, my niece out in Montreal, other people, even as we were praying this morning, I was praying for her, and all kinds of other things, and I begin to worry. Instead of having faith, it's like, if I pray right at bedtime, it's like, I'll be up there laying there, like, oh yeah, man, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do with that? And in fact, my recurring dream my recurring dream, wow, talk about full disclosure. <laughs> it's like TMI. Uh, I have this recurring dream. There's some serious problem I'm trying to solve. And in my dream, I'm trying to figure it out for people or for myself. And I just got to get the answer. And it's like, I know if you just give me enough time, I'm going to get it. I'm going to resolve this thing. I'm going to work it out. And then I wake up and it's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about that situation? And then I have to tell myself, oh, good. It was only a dream. Oh, good. Oh, you know, my daughter's not going to prison. Oh, good. That was just a bad dream. You know, uh, it's just, you know no one's foreclosing on my house. Good. Uh, I get to, you know, uh, have my own bed. Um, and so 
we can have a sense of peace, though. We can have a sense of peace if we can stop worrying and start trusting. And now that's what Paul is trying to share, the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, this letter that goes to Rome right before the fire of Rome. And, and in, they had this great fire in 64 AD, uh, July the 18th. And Nero blamed it on the Christians. And that's why shortly after they began to do these horrible things, the ancient um, historian Tacitus says that they, they did horrible things to Christians in response to that horrible fire in Rome. And so they had this letter that they were passing in amongst the churches there. They probably didn't even have the full copy of the Bible at that time. But they had this letter to the people in Rome saying this, may the God of hope fill you with peace and joy. Difficult to have peace in those kind of circumstances. But even with that, but even with that, and even having the whole Bible and all the scriptures, I'm encountering people that are losing hope. I'm losing, encountering Christians losing hope. In fact, uh, I think it was Lauren who was mentioning that, you know, some prominent Christians have walked away from their marriage and walked away from Christianity completely and said, I don't believe this stuff anymore. Even though they're authors of books, they preach to thousands, and they're just saying, I'm walking away from it. I, I received an email from a student. Most of the emails I get are about, can you give me an extension on my assignment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you've heard that, eh, Jamin? Yeah. <laughs> the only reason they talked to me, they want an extension. I probed a little bit further, and I said, what's going on? He says, well, in the past month, two people I'm very close to have made suicide attempts. And I thought it didn't really affect me, but every time I sit down to do my work, all I can think about is why are they giving up? Why are they giving up? And he said, honestly, I feel like giving up too. And it's like, whoa, hold the phone, you know. Uh, let's talk. And all things around his life, they're all dark areas. And the people he's interacting with, they're losing hope. And you know, often people say, well, this is the revival generation. Some of my encounters with millennials, Generation Z, Z, is that there's some dark spots where people are losing hope. Losing hope on a good marriage. Losing hope on ever meeting anyone. Losing hope about having a good job. Uh, losing hope about so many different areas. Where do they turn? Where do they turn? In fact, uh, I was just at a, uh, well, Mike Love came in and spoke at a faculty at our school. And he was saying, he's, he's the guy who had this extreme dream uh, to do YC. For 25 years, he led that. And here he's saying to us, he says, man, I'm going through a real hard time. And he was like, so open with us. He says, yeah, I'm like, I'm hurting. And he said, there's a promise in the Bible that says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's like, God, I'm ready. <laughs> I want to see it now. Because um, everyone knows, you know, in the, in the pie in the sky, in the great by and by, you know, it'll all be wonderful. But what about God now in this life? Can I have hope in this life? And can that turn into peace and joy? 
Um, God's promises are true, but sometimes you have to wait for them. There's a proverb that says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Deferred means put off. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a, a tree of life. Now for Mike, he had a dream of starting YC. So he knows how God can fulfill dreams. So that gives him hope to say, hold on, hold on. I, I know if Paul was here today, if Jesus was here today, and he is, uh, you just can't see him. But if he could just speak into your heart, he'd say, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you might be going through a rough patch. You know what? It might seem like others are getting good things and you're not. But he would say, put your hope, put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in me, the Lord would say to you. Put your hope in me because he's real. And he will return and he has a place that he's making for each one of us. And, and you can put your hope in him. Not just something far in the distant. I think about this, you know, all the rain and clouds we've had. But this is something we should probably all know. It's just a simple scientific fact. That the sun is always shining. Okay, do you get it? All you have to do is get above those clouds. Now, a few times this summer, <laughs> we've seen the clouds part and the light come through. The sun's been shining all the while, all the while. In your circumstance, God is still good. He's still on the throne. He has a plan for you. And, and you know what? You can start to build hope. It's kind of like when you get in a plane and it's really dark and rainy down here. You can get above the clouds and you reach heaven. Well, I just want to encourage you with that fact. And just want to take a moment to pray. Uh, maybe, uh, Shereen, you can come back. And uh, we'll just take a moment to pray. Search your heart for a moment. Have you been losing hope? Have you been having that sense that, um, yeah, things are not what they should be? Uh, maybe your sense of joy. Yeah, you're doing all the Christian things, but <laughs> it's just hard work. It's just duty. And you want to be filled with joy once again. You want to be filled with joy. And so I, I would pray that God would pour that into you. But before I pray, I'd like to ask you this. Maybe there's someone here. And um, honestly, you haven't put that trust in Jesus Christ. You've been thinking about it. You've been wanting to do it. But you been putting it off. Would you be willing to put all your eggs in this basket today? To say, I'm going to put all my hope in Jesus Christ? Let's bow our heads. There are so many questions that you may have about faith in Jesus. Can I encourage you to explore those questions for yourself? God is not afraid of your questions. Rather, he welcomes them. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and be sure to never miss an episode. If you find these talks beneficial, would you rate and review them? That would help others get connected to these kinds of talks. Have a great day. We can't wait to hang with you again next week.